0: Good stuff. We've been uh, in a series on worship and uh, we, we, we've talked about different facets of worship and, and we've wanted to be clear that worship isn't just what happens in the first half of a service on a Sunday morning. So we've talked about worship as bowing our hearts and our bodies, uh, worship as meditation, all different things that we can do, uh, looking up uh, uh, and remembering to, to, to uh, see him as Lord and Father and provider, all these things are, are worship. But I also do want to talk about worship in song, so that's what we're going to discuss this morning. Um, and you can't really talk about worship uh, in in song with, without using the word praise. So we're going to talk about the word praise. Now, uh, worship, as Joshua uh, uh, showed us a couple of weeks ago, um, is the, the word for worship. You pretty much got one word uh, in the Old Testament, and and it means uh it, the word is shakha. Everyone say shakha. Very good. You all know Hebrew now. That's good. Good job. Primary meaning to prostrate oneself, to bow down, to give reverence to. That's pretty much when you see the word worship in the Old Testament, that's what it means. So one interesting thing is that there aren't really musical connotations necessarily with this word. It, it's, it's an idea that there is a king. There's, there's majesty, and we need to recognize that. And respect that. So that's the idea of worship. But worship is often combined with praise. Um, so we're going to talk about different shades of meaning here with the word praise, because often praise does actually have musical connotations. Um, here, here's the first one. We're just gonna, what I want to do is look at some of the the, the Hebrew words, particularly in the Psalms, because the Psalms is the prayer book and the hymnal that Jesus used. So I, he quoted the psalms so many times. He grew up reading these things and worshiping from them. So I thought that's a good place to start. So here's the first one that's used. This is basically this is a noun. The word is tahila. Everybody say tahila, tequila. not tequila. <laughs> Some of you are like tequila. The word means a hymn. Okay, it's, it's a hymn. It's a song of praise. That's what it means. So you you see this. Uh, uh, Here's from Psalm 22:3. But you are holy, O you that inhabit Tehillah of Israel. He inhabits Tehillah. Think about this. This is, a pretty, this is a pretty awesome verse, actually. He inhabits the hymns. He inhabits the songs of adoration that his people are singing. Isn't that cool? What a beautiful picture he's given. Some of the other versions translated it enthroned. It's like, it's sort of like, it's a poetic picture, right, of us singing out about his goodness and him living right there in the fog of our voices. Isn't that awesome? Tahila, Here's another one. Zamar. Everybody say zamar. It's audience participation Sunday. That's right. Congregational. Speak back. That's right to celebrate in song and in music. So the first one is more of a noun of this is what it is, but it also is this, you can zamar, to celebrate in song. Okay, sing to him, zamar to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Sing to him, zamar to him. Song of celebration, It's, it's a happy song, it's not a dirge. It's a happy song. Here's another one, halal, say it. Yeah, halal to shine. I love that to shine. Hence, to make a show or to boast, to rave. Okay, to rave. Sort of like we're gonna make a big deal about this thing. To sh- I like that word to shine. To shine, right? To 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 draw attention to, in other words, to boast about. Yeah, we are going to halal. I will tell of your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will halal you. With my words, I will make you shine. You like that? I will boast about you. That is what we see against translated praise in most of our Bible, but it carries that connotation of boasting. I will boast about you. I'm gonna go on and on about how good you are to my brethren. Isn't that cool? I love that one. Here's another one. Yara, Good, to give thanks. Oh, that men would yara the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Yara to give thanks. So we have all of these different shades of meaning of the word praise. Um, you have, the psalm tells us to praise over and over again. So this is the different things it's telling us to do. To sing hymns in celebration. To brag about God to the point of being a raving lunatic. To give thanks to him, oftentimes loudly. There's other, there's other words of praise that talk about, uh, that have the, that, that sort of meaning of, of it's with it's with volume. You're gonna turn up the decibels while you're yadaing or halaling you see that so that is what praise is so if we took it to the new testament i won't even get into the greek words because they pretty much carry the same shades of meaning Um, but uh, look at this verse here i thought this was very cool let the word of christ dwell in you richly this is from colossians "uh, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in, a word, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to Him, uh, thanks to God the Father through him. You see what he's just, he's just done here? Is that in case you thought that praise was only supposed to happen you know, in settings like this, he's bringing it to the day-to-day. You see this? saying even speak to one another in spiritual songs and hymns. Even in, in, exhort one another in the goodness of God or praise him in the midst of your water cooler conversations. You see that? You don't have to wait till this moment to do that. In fact, it ought to be part of our rhythms as believers. And lest we think, well, maybe the Psalms were commands to Israel to sing. After all, some of the, some of the psalms say, say things like, praise him, O Israel. The tribes of Judah. All these different things. Well, in case you thought that. Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles. <laughs> How many of us are Gentiles in here? Probably 95% of us. So, if you're Hebrew, you got a whole bunch of scriptures that exhort you to praise, and if you're not... Here's one for us right here Romans 15:11. You are a Gentile, praise him. All ye people, all ye nations, he's worthy of praise. Lift up your voices, lift up your hearts to him. This is a simple message this morning, but I want to give you 3 things to remember about praise. The first one is this. Praise is both public and private. It's both public and private. It's supposed to happen. Prayer, think about prayer. Prayer is supposed to happen individually, isn't it? In fact, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Jesus himself talks about locking ourselves up and praying, sort of, you know, we use the term prayer closet, um, where it's it's not for show. We're supposed to have a vibrant, thriving prayer life. Same thing with study. We, we, we ought to be um, continually learning more. That means private reading of Scripture and enriching of our own hearts through other other reading, through listening. Um, even, you know, I don't know, I'm a big fan of listening to podcasts. I know a lot of you guys are too. All of that serves the learning process. That's both public and private because we do it here as well. We have Sunday school, or excuse me, we have like our Wednesday night groups, things like that. We have public, but it's, you also have the private part of that. Well, the same is true here with Psalms. The same is true with praise. Praise isn't, it, it is no different. Now, the musical part of church, the thing that we just finished with a little bit ago, can often bring a source of contention in churches. And I think I, there's a whole lot of reasons for that. People really like music and they get a favorite song and they really like that song and if they don't hear that song, sometimes it's like, what's going on, man? Why aren't we worshiping anymore? But I, I tend to think that part of the reason that, that the, the praise part of a Sunday morning can be contentious in church is because people don't have a grid for thinking about praise being a private thing or, or it being okay for praise to be private. So if we go week after week after week and we think that praise is only public then the only time we're having any adoration any vocal adoration toward him is on a sunday morning so then we end up putting all of our eggs on that basket do you see what i'm saying and and if and, and if we don't get the particular songs or particular style that we like on that morning we feel like oh, what, man it's just not like it used to be <laughs> well it might have something to do with you being really really hungry for praise and then you come to a Sunday morning and you're not full yet and I want to encourage you I got good news for you you can worship during the week and you can here's this great thing I, you know, I talked about how these things can be wicked, wicked things in forms of distraction, right? These phones. They can also be a beautiful, beautiful things. Technology today allows you and I to listen and sing along with any worship song you can possibly imagine at any time of day you possibly want. So, if you're a huge fan of Hillsong United and you think we do not have enough Hillsong going on, I haven't heard Oceans in four weeks. I got great news for you. Oceans is playing all the time on the Pandora Hillsong Station. Just get on there. It's even free. If you don't want the the ads, you can pay a little bit to get rid of those. But a Hillsong, bam, it's there. Some of you guys are like, what happened to the Charles Wesley hymns? Hey, I got good news for you. Hymns are all over the place online. It turns out people still love hymns. And in fact, they're even making a comeback, which I think is super cool because there's a whole lot of richness in hymns. Uh, and, and so we need that influx, right? And, and you can listen to those all the time, any, whatever your favorite song is, whatever your favorite genre is, you can listen to those things and sing along with them all week long. And when you come in here, you might not have that one, but that's okay because you just sang that one yesterday. You're good. You see what I'm saying? Worship is both public and private. And I want to encourage you guys, give you permission to worship and, 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 through song, to praise him privately. In the car, on your walks, in your, in your house, in your to, 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 to engage in that. To, maybe you're a musician. You sit down at the piano and just it's okay worship doesn't have to be in front of anybody at all sit down and play those songs let your heart soar in those things don't put all the weight up here on a sunday morning i want to say this that i that's not fair to our worship team either it really is not because these guys can't shoulder all of our spiritual expectations okay if you're feeling super hungry on a Sunday, it's just, and honestly, it's the same thing with us speaking up here. If you're feeling super hungry, like I don't feel fed, well, eat during the week. Don't, don't, just, don't just eat on a Sunday morning, please. Yeah, come on. These things are public and private. And this is the thing. Remember, we talked before about us being, we have a thing called a priesthood of all believers. You are all clergy, Public and private. So we can engage in that and we can, we can thrive that way. And then when we come together publicly, because this is an essential part of it. You see, Christianity is a, a, a communal thing. The Christian life is a communal kind of life. You, you're not supposed to live this as lone wolves. In fact, you can't. Okay, okay, fine, you can if you're on a desert island and no one else is there, or if you're in solitary confinement in China, working, you know, yes, the Lord will meet you in those places if there's no one else to fellowship and, and praise God with. Fortunately, we have a whole bunch of other believers around. And we do this corporately. So, the corporate praise time is a beautiful, beautiful time not to be underestimated. And I love that we sang all these songs of adoration and even praised the name of Jesus this morning because this is what we do when we come together. We remind one another of his goodness. We halal like crazy when we get in here. That's what we do. All right. Number two. Pra- uh, praise is... Part of the duty of a believer. Some of you hate this already. Some of you went. <clears throat> I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know some of you did because you don't like the word duty, and I get it. I get it because we want our our life with Christ not to flow out of obligation. Because this isn't a religion; it's a relation. You know, these, I I understand. We want it to flow out of joy and relationship, and I I understand that. Uh, but Uh, This, nevertheless, is something that we are called to do uh, whether or not we feel like it. You see, sometimes these things will all just be able to flow out of joy, and that's wonderful when it's that way, but it's not always going to be that way. So what do we do? Well, sometimes we just have to go ahead and sing in spite of ourselves and in spite of our circumstances. Sing, O oh Israel, if thou feelest like it. I didn't read that one. <laughs> Sing, if thou art particularly happy. No, 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 he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. I know, see, here's the thing. We, we want it to be real, and I'm so with you on this, if this is the way you're feeling. You want it to be real. You want it to be real. I don't. I, one of the things I hate more than anything is is feeling like somebody's emotionally manipulating me to do something. I don't like that at all. So I go, ah, come on, man. Like, do we, ah. yeah, you do. Because he says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It, it's, part of, it's part of just what we do. Now, it really can flow out of relationship and be a command at the same time. I want you to know that. It really can. It really can. Um, I, I think of um, just, you see, we have duties in every kind of relationship in our life, if you realize that, especially as, as parents. I mean, I, I, I brush my boy's teeth at night, but I don't ask myself, is this flowing out of joy? Because if it isn't, I'm just not gonna do it. Because I want to be real you see I'm your dad this isn't a this isn't a legal contract no 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 this is relationship therefore I'm only going to brush your teeth if I'm really just really feeling sentimental about your teeth today (laughs) it's probably not going to happen it's one thing that we just do you know why fathers just well that's one of the things we do dads brush teeth Christians praise (laughs) you see that it's just, that's just what we do. Why do you brush teeth? Well, we want them to be able to eat down the road for one thing. And all his teeth are going to fall out like George Washington if we don't. So <laughs> we got we to gotta, we gotta keep those teeth in there so he can continue to eat, so he can get strong, and so he can, like, you know, live and breathe, and, and, and he can praise God. How about that? I don't have to be sentimental about it, but if I don't brush his teeth, it's going to be harder for him to praise God later on. First, it's going to be harder to enunciate all those things without teeth. So let's make sure his teeth stay in. Let's make sure it's easier for him to praise God tomorrow. How about that? You see, is it a duty? Yeah, it's a duty. But can you do it in love? Absolutely. Do you have to feel it? No! You don't have to feel anything. And this is what I want to tell you about praise. You don't have to feel anything. Because that's not the point. Fortunately, God gave us emotions. And it, the, the way the emotions usually operate is this. We, we, I think sometimes we, we think of this backwards. We think of like, I'm gonna wait for the emotion and then do the thing. But it's almost always reversed. I do the thing and then the emotion comes. It really is. It really is. I, 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 I travel sometimes and teach in, in, in YWAM Discipleship Training Schools and I always tell them this, because you know, none of them are married yet. And I'm like, look, if you're, if you're fighting with your wife, go do the dishes. If you're having trouble having feelings for your wife, go and do something for her. And when you do that, it's amazing what happens. Your emotions actually tend to follow. Now, it's not always immediate. It's not. But there's reasons why we love our children, even though they scream at us for hours in the middle of the night and won't let us sleep. Or they wake up at 4.30 in the morning and run in the room and... Want us to turn on Netflix for him. That happened this morning. Thank you, Daylight Savings Time. We're like, yes, we get to sleep an extra hour. And we're like, no, Jack gets up at 5.30 already. <laughs> oh, that's great. But you know what? I'll tell you, part of the reason we fall so in love with our kids is because of all the things we do for them. You see, when, we, when you act, you, 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 when you work toward the, somebody's betterment, then emotions actually tend to follow. Praise is going to be the same way. When we make a sacrifice of praise, something happens. Our hearts tend to follow that thing. It tend to follow. It's sort of like signaling. We're gonna praise. We don't feel it. We don't care. We're gonna praise. Oh yeah, oh, I do like God. I remember this. Yeah, that's what often happens. We praise God routinely, that's in a routine, in order to remind ourselves that God alone is worthy of boasting, of ultimate celebration, and of eternal thanksgiving. That's why we get into a routine. I don't want to be religious about it, you might say. I don't, be religious about it. It's okay. Christianity is a relationship, but it is also a religion. It's all right. We can be, we can have a routine. That's not going to kill us. It's just not. You have a routine. You actually brush your own teeth every day. It's part of your routine. You're religious about it, in other words. And that's totally okay. Do it. Brush your teeth in the morning. Put your socks on. Make your coffee. Praise Jesus. We need to remind ourselves that God is worthy of boasting and of ultimate celebration. He alone is. You see, because we live in this world and it's so you-centric, you know, it's, our culture is all about the worship of me and of you as you watch it. It's, it wants to like lift you up, but it's all about the things you want and need. And praise says something else. He goes, uh-uh, ain't about me, it's about him. Yeah. I can't brag about me. I brag about him. I, I, he's the only one that's worthy of boasting, it ain't me. Even if we don't feel it, we do those things because it's a reminder, and we can stand and sort of raise a fist against the secular culture and say, no, I refuse to bow down and worship myself. You see that? You don't have to do it. And and part of the way we don't is by making praise a routine. Finally, praise is an act of spiritual warfare. Pastor John, our founding pastor, the thing he is known, he's known for many, many, many things. (laughs) One of the things he's known for most among our staff is two words. Praise God. In fact, everybody does this thing, where you shake your head to your side, you do this thing with your lips. Praise God? <laughs> because that's what he would do. So you would have this thing, like in you know, some like terrible circumstance, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> Pastor John, appears that um, eight of your elders have just left the church, and now they all think you're the Antichrist. Well, praise God.) <laughs> Like, these horrible situations and that's the answer the answer is praise God he's worthy anyway now if there's something really good that happens like, hey John oh my goodness let me tell you we went over down and 200 people got saved and like arms grew out and new heads grew out and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff happened and God is on the move and he goes praise God it's different it's a different telling you that praise God like that there's two different ways. In other words, like the Apostle Paul. Like, well, Paul, unfortunately, the bad news is, yeah, you're probably going to get beheaded. Well, praise God. But the good news is there's revival in Ephesus. Praise God. You see? <laughs> uh, and you're going to kill me? Well, praise God. But if you're going to let me go, well, praise God. Then I can go and I can preach to more people. It doesn't matter. You see that? Praise is a discipline. And, and, and it's an act of spiritual warfare. Because that means no matter what the enemy brings at you, pfft, so... You're in spiritual warfare. Well, praise God. Here we go. It's another opportunity. Do you know why this is effective? Because God is good despite circumstances. So when the chips are down and we still praise, we're we're telling the enemy of our souls, you won't have me. I am rooted in truth, and God's worthiness is not dependent on the situation. He's still deserving of thanks. He's still deserving of my boasts. He's still deserving of my celebration. My life and my difficulties are a breath, but the word of the Lord stands forever and ever. One of the most beautiful examples of this in Scripture is this man, Habakkuk. Habakkuk. Uh, I doubt too many of you have done devotions on Habakkuk recently. Has anybody recently? Ah, <laughs> Julie's done it, Good job. So it's actually a great little book, but it's in the Minor Prophets, and nobody knows who he is unless you've actually you know read through it and studied him. He was this prophet, and uh, he he the book starts out with a theological discussion he's having with God. And I love this verse: "Like righteous are you, O Lord, indeed." I could discuss matters of justice with you, right? It's <laughs> all thing. And he says, why are the wicked prospering and all these things? And he's talking about the Chaldeans. And why in the world are they, are they so powerful and they're subjecting people to such misery? And God's answer to him was very, very sobering. And it was this, yeah, the Chaldeans are bad, but um, Israel's gonna get judged actually at the hands of those wicked people. Because, the, and he goes on and, 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 and gives them this really, really sad, sobering word about what's about to happen. Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, who are the Chaldeans, are about to come in, and they're going to they're gonna wipe out Jerusalem, and it's going to be really, really horrible. Well, there you go. There's your answer, Habakkuk. It's unfortunate, but the people won't seem to turn. Look at Habakkuk's response. Here it is in the very end of the book. This is how he ends his book. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be on the vines. The labors of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flocks shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me walk upon my high places." I don't care how bad it's going to get. I still will rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. I'll probably die doing it. Whew. Go Habakkuk. See, now you guys don't need to go read this book because it's good stuff. Here's, uh, I, I came across this poem recently. Uh, Paul, can you come? Worship team, can you come? Uh, I came across this recently. Um, G.K. Chesterton is one of my favorite writers. If you, if you haven't read him, I, well, you're just missing out. He, uh, he wrote this poem and I, I read this and I identified with this and I thought, I want this to be me. In fact, I think this is now my favorite poem in the entire English language. Can I read it to you? Of course I can. Thank you though for permission, Mr. Davis. <laughs> Though giant rains put out the sun, here stand I for a sign. Though earth be filled with waters dark, my cup is filled with wine. Tell to the trembling priests that here under the deluge rod, one nameless, tattered, broken man stood up and drank to God. You see, no matter how dark it gets, if you can stand in the midst of that storm and stand up and drink to God and say, I will still celebrate you, I will still honor you, you still will be my strength, and I will rejoice in you forever and ever, even if this life doesn't last very much longer. If you can do that, guys, you've learned a secret that the sages throughout all the years and all the epics of history have, have, have been yearning for. Contentment in Jesus. Contentment in Christ. The peace that surpasses every shred of understanding you could possibly have. How does it happen? It happens through praise, it happens that no matter what the circumstance is, I praise. And if I start low, I might even stay low. I don't care, but I'm gonna to continue to minister to my own soul and say, remember, soul, this isn't about you, it's about him. Continue to boast in him, no matter how, gar- how dark it gets. We continue to lift up and we continue to say, well, praise God. In fact, praise God, and I'm going to lift up a song to him, even in this moment, as an act of warfare against the enemy of my soul. In fact, let's stand together and let's praise his name.